Welcome to the Vibe Within podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. I could let you have it, you could be my heaven, you could be my woman, right? I don't want you having any time I know you're listening in the home. Any time I know I could let you have it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen, and now we are finally in the new year. I'm kind of happy the holidays are over. I um, I guess I was just not feeling it this year, and I was getting that vibe from a lot of people, actually, that, you know, it's just another day. People aren't really doing much. I ended up teaching yoga on Christmas, on New Year's Day, and then I taught yesterday so I'm, I'm recording this on Monday January 3rd um, so I've just been teaching and just trying to stay busy I've been focusing on my health my mental health as always um, been working with uh, a dietitian and life coach so I've just been trying to really just focus on myself and change you know my habits and swap toxic habits for new habits and just really hold myself accountable so here we are in the new year um you know the gyms are full (laughs) lots of energy lots of people wanting to um start you know diets and whatever and it's it can be a very weird and toxic time of year so i just wish you could bring like give yourself a little compassion if you are struggling with all of that take some time off social media it's really not a great place right now it's I was talking to a friend and I I also put in my stories the other day that around the new year's it is the corniest place to be if Instagram is just so fucking corny everybody's talking about how great their year was their you know their relationship and what they're grateful for and their goals and let's make 2022 the best it's like let's not get too ahead of ourselves because if we don't recall last year only five or six days into the year the capital was um you know raged with tons of trump supporters you know there was it was just a fucking mess. So let's just tiptoe into 2022 and um, let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's why I think I need to take a little break from social media because everyone's like, oh yeah, this is going to be the best year. Just like, let's just, let's just not label it, you know, let's just live our lives the best that we can. Let's try to embrace joy a little bit more. Let's try to, you know, fix the parts of ourselves that we are no longer wanting to be a part of ourselves. 
Um, let's, you know, get the support we need. Let's talk to a therapist. Let's drink less, you know, let's eat better, whatever. So this episode, I'm super, super excited to share with you guys because I'm having Dr. Amy Horneman um, on the podcast, and this interview was amazing. She's actually my favorite thyroid expert out there. You can find her on Instagram, Dr. Amy Horneman, and then her podcast is called The Thyroid Fixer. She is a well of knowledge. She doesn't um, sugarcoat things. She doesn't bullshit anything. She speaks the cold hard truth. That's why I love her. Um, and she was even nice enough to kind of go through my labs on the call. So it's, you know, pretty vulnerable. Um, she talk, we talk about eating disorders. We talk about thyroid hormones, the nitty gritty when it comes to thyroid symptoms, what your levels should be, labs, just all of it. She, I tried to really um, ask as many questions as I could. This is basically a, you know, thyroid masterclass, if you will, with Dr. Amy Horneman. It's all things thyroid, Hashimoto's, autoimmune um, healing, and supplements and medications. I mean, we really, we really go through it all in this episode. And she will be back for a part two, hopefully. Um, she, I have so many more questions for her when it comes to disordered eating and nutrition and all the things. But I did get the chance to ask her some questions about keto, carbs, blood, sugar, glucose, um, insulin levels, supplements for that. So yeah, I really made sure that I did my research and had all my questions ready for her. And it was a very organic conversation though. It's just, it was very easy talking to her and all the questions just kind of like came up very organically as we got deeper and deeper into the conversation. So I know you'll enjoy this, especially if you're dealing with some autoimmune stuff like Hashimoto's and thyroid. Believe me, I know it's really challenging and sometimes you feel like you're going crazy. You're being told, you know, your symptoms are in your head. You, you have to find a new doctor. You, you, the, the medicine's not correct. It's it's a journey. Finding the dosages is, is a journey. Finding the supplements is a journey that you need. Testing takes time. So really, you know, you're going to learn a lot from this episode. I, I recommend taking notes um, and you're going to love Dr. Amy Horneman. She is just super positive. She gives me hope. And I think at the end of the day, when we are dealing with all these health issues, hope is what we need. We need glimmers of hope and we need to feel supported. So here we go into the episode with Dr. Amy Horneman. On the podcast today, I've been wanting to connect with you for a while now, and I've been listening to your podcast. I've binged your podcast um, for months, um, you. and you are one of those people who speak so, like, atomically truthful, and you you bring hope to people who are like really going through this Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. Um, you are an expert at what you do. You're, you, um, you've given me a lot of hope. So we're here with Dr. Amy. Don't mind my cat. He's trying to get in the frame. <laughs> um, we're here with Dr. Amy. Your, her podcast is called The Thyroid Fixer. 
and welcome to the show. Thank you, Gab. And you, you said it so perfectly. I'm very brutally honest. I just tell people information like it is. And my goal is to give hope because as you know, through your own experience, when you're in that place, when you're in that dark place of either being misdiagnosed or you're not treated right, you're suffering from the symptoms of hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, you really need that glimmer of hope of someone saying, it can change. You're not meant to live this way. Our bodies were not built to be fat, tired, and, and bald, and miserable. So having that hope and giving people that hope, I think, is it's just so vitally important. Yes. And you, you know, every episode that you have is just so detailed, and you give so much amazing, you know, information and guidance because some doctors don't know what the hell they're doing, and we will talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to, for those of For those who are listening who don't know anything about you, I know a little bit about your backstory and about how you kind of came into this and when you, you know, kind of figured out you had hypothyroidism, but I'd like for you to share what what happened, what you were feeling, what was going on in your body at the time. Yeah, if I had to pick a word, it would be deep frustration. Well, that's two words. So yeah, frustration. Um, I was competing back in the day, rewind 20 some years. And I was competing in figure shows. And for those who don't know, it's kind of like bodybuilding, but much more feminine. You diet down, you're on stage in a bikini. And since I come from a family with obesity and type 2 diabetes in it, I am not naturally thin. Mm-hmm. I have to work my ass off to be any, you know, to, to maintain a weight. And I mean, really, even looking back, I could have been struggling with Hashimoto's even before that, even in my younger years, dealing with weight struggles because it so often goes undiagnosed and I was misdiagnosed six times. So here I am getting ready for a show. I was doing fitness modeling as well. And the weight was coming on. It was going up, up, up. The scale was going up, supposed to go down. When you're competing and you're getting ready for a show and you're in show prep, your diet is strict. I'm talking chicken, broccoli, fish, eggs, and asparagus. It is very strict. You're at the gym twice a day. Biologically, the body should not gain weight. I mean, it's it's almost right. damn near impossible for the body to actually put on fat. Right. It when you're doing that kind of eating and exercise. So the weight kept going up, and I decided, like many of us do, you know, this is unacceptable, and I'm going to find out a reason why. Because there has to be. We know our bodies. You know your body. You know when something is off. Be in tune with that and go get answers. And It might take a while. It might take six doctors like it did for me. Six doctors told me, you're normal. Everything's fine. Eat less and exercise more. I was like, are you kidding me? It is impossible for me to eat less and exercise more than I already am. Literally. (laughs) like Impossible. Yeah. So seventh doctor touches my throat, tells me to swallow and says, well, you have hypothyroidism, you have nodules, you have hypothyroidism. I don't even know the tests that were run back then. I wish I could go back and see the joke of testing that they did to tell me that I was normal and everything was fine. But this one finally gives me an answer. So I'm like, yes, I have an answer and a pill and this is going to fix me. It didn't. Of course, now looking back, I was given Synthroid. I was given T4. (laughs) And I did that for about five months. That's as long as I, I let it go without results. So many of my listeners and patients 
go years, if not decades, feeling miserable, not realizing that that can change and that yep. they're just not on the right treatment and they have an idiot doctor that's not helping them. So I went back to my doctor and I said, you know, there's this thing that I'm reading about. I think I had a big box gateway computer. I always joke about that. I jumped on the internet, whatever information was available at the time. We don't have, we didn't have the information back then that we do now. I said, there's this thing called T3 and apparently it works really well with T4. And can we try that? She goes, no, I don't do that. I go, I'm going to find somebody who does then. Yeah. And I left her, fired her as my doctor, went on to find a functional medicine practitioner. And back then, you know, we didn't even, we didn't hear the term functional medicine, mm -hmm. but it was this guy that I kept hearing about and he was a pharmacist too. So we had like drug knowledge and he was a homeopathic doctor and a naturopathic doctor. He had all these degrees. So I go to see him, totally changed my life, did all the right testing, all the right supplements, all the right meds. He's, he became my mentor, changed the trajectory of my career. And that's why I am in the functional medicine space now, helping people so that you don't have to go through the same frustration that I went through. And even if you are frustrated right now, just know that there are answers and that we can literally get you your life back. Yeah. Do you think when you were doing the whole bodybuilding thing and um, comp competing, I, you know, the, the term starvation mode goes around a lot, the term yeah. me, uh, metabolic adaptation goes around a lot. And I'm just wondering, do you think that that triggered your Hashimoto? Or you don't have Hashimoto's. You have, do you, do you have Hashimoto's? Well, let me clarify. Yes, I do. Through the process of elimination. We okay. know that 95% of hypothyroidism is Hashi. Okay, and if yeah. you have any other autoimmune condition, even if you're showing at this point, because I, I didn't have my antibodies tested like most people right. don't because their doctors don't do it. I didn't have my antibodies tested in the beginning. Once I became optimal, now I show zero antibodies, but I do have autoimmune. Mm -hmm. So process of elimination, I have Hashimoto's. To answer your question, yeah, 100%. We know that any kind of stress on the body, pregnancy, menopause, uh, hormonal changes, extreme dieting, extreme right. exercise will absolutely flip that switch for an autoimmune condition. So did I, did I flip the switch on myself? A hundred percent. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that it happened back then. And I had all this time to figure it out as opposed to many of my patients, you know, they're in their forties or in their fifties. And they're going through the hormonal changes, whether it is a pregnancy or whether they're headed into perimenopause or menopause, that's when the switch flips. And now it's like, oh my God, I'm screwed. Like I'm, I'm middle-aged now. Now my hormones are going to be all messed up. So it's a, it's a lot tougher as we get older to deal with the symptoms that come with Hashimoto's, but we can do it. There is hope. We can change that. It doesn't matter what your age. Uh, but yeah, 100%, my, my extreme because mm -hmm. bodybuilding is stupid it's extreme it's, <laughs> it's just, so extreme. It's just extreme yeah. so yeah it absolutely contributed to it well I'm kind of in the same boat because I and I do share a lot of this on this podcast I had an eating disorder in high school I'm in recovery now so it's been a while but um I was hospitalized for anorexia in high school and then after that binge eating bulimia mm -hmm. just every iteration of eating disorder so now that I'm sober. Yep. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't binge. I don't purge. Yep. Now I'm in this 
new weird kind of phase where it's like, okay, I have to eat super clean. And I want to talk about disordered eating and like orthorexia a little bit later because that really does go hand in hand with Hashimoto's because you have yep. to be so scared of like everything you eat. Yep. But um, I love how you said, you know, you you found a doctor who um, was, you know, holistic, but also well-versed in medication because mm-hmm. now in this phase, I'm like, you know what? I used to be the whole holistic, let's do it on my own type thing. And now I'm like, no, like yeah. I can do the herb thing and I, and I need medication and your podcast helped me realize that. So I just want to say thank you because there, there's a lot of people out there who maybe are listening and they're saying, no, I just, I want to do it the natural way. And then they're literally grinding their bodies down and then they wonder why they have all these symptoms. So I'd like just to hear your thoughts on that. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys already know how obsessed I am with therapy. I talk about it all the time on this podcast about how I have two therapists and how I go to therapy every single week. Well, I've been going to therapy for years, but once 2020 hit, the year of chaos for all of us, I really needed extra support, and BetterHelp has really been there to guide me through these chaotic times. Uh, I've been dealing with anxiety, depression, and I also have been in this recovery space for disordered eating and just a host of other issues. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. So all you have to do is you take a, a quick online quiz. You answer some questions about what you're going through, what kind of therapist you're looking for, and you can literally write in the answers. I am looking for this kind of therapist. I am looking for an expert in this field. That's what I did. And they matched me with a therapist who has tons of experience with eating disorders, trauma, and depression. And to be honest, I love my therapist so much. She's probably my favorite therapist I've ever had. And I've been through like a variety of therapists over the years. Me and her really hit it off. And even if you don't hit it off with your therapist right away, because let's be real, finding a therapist can honestly feel like you're dating. Don't worry, you can always change therapists as many times as you need. No questions asked, no charge or anything like that. So you can always change your therapist and then get matched with a new one that day. So BetterHelp uh, is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is literally professional counseling done securely online. And what I love about BetterHelp is that they have a journal feature. So if you're going through something challenging through the week and you don't have an appointment until, let's say, next week, you can write a journal entry. It's all online. It's secure. And if you'd like, you can share that journal entry with your therapist so that they are on the same page. They're caught up. They know exactly what you're going through. They know whatever triggers you've been dealing with over the week. And what's awesome about BetterHelp, too, is that your therapist will respond. So you can actually communicate with your therapist in between your your sessions. So it's not like you only get 
get to talk to your therapist once a week. You can check in with them frequently in between your sessions. You can catch them up to date. You can kind of communicate with them every day if you wanted to. And the online journal feature is really nice for folks who are new to journaling or just need that extra support. So communicating with your therapist more frequently could really benefit you if you're going through a rough time. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available if you are struggling right now. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's better h e l p dot com slash vibe and you can join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You deserve the support, you deserve the healing, and you are not alone. There are so many people who are struggling with severe anxiety, depression, trauma, all of these things, and you don't need to suffer in silence anymore. So visit betterhelp.com slash vibe for a discount on your first month of online therapy that's betterhelp h-e-l-p dot com slash vibe and that discount code will get you 10 percent off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe yeah i'm so glad you brought that up you're one of the one of very few people that have interviewed me that have ever brought that up so i appreciate it yes i mean first of all we will talk about the eating because competing creates eating disorders. We're just not categorized, right? So anybody, you could take the bodybuilding space, fitness figure competition, um, competitors, you could take fitness models. We all have an eating disorder. We just didn't get classified in there. You absolutely develop body dysmorphia. You absolutely go into binging. If you don't purge afterwards, you're still binging. After a show, you are binging. Your weight will fluctuate 20, 30, 40 pounds up and down. I mean, that is disordered eating. And then you literally look at your body in a normal state and think that you're fat because what you remember is that moment of time, that one hour that you're standing on a stage. So it's, it's, it really starts messing with your mind. So that's a whole nother set of eating disorders. In terms of the medication, yes. So many practitioners in the functional space, you know, um, you know, the big ones in the in the thyroid space, Isabella Wentz, um, a couple of my other colleagues, they all talk about healing Hashimoto's naturally, doing this naturally. And I'm flat out blunt about it. Just like you said, Gab, if you want a long freaking road ahead of you, go ahead and do it naturally. Now, if you're on the borderline, if you're just kind of teetering like, well... Yeah, okay, there's no antibodies present. Your your TSH is is below a two, but you know, your free T3, eh, that's a little bit low. Can we use glandulars? Can we support your your sex hormones? Can we make sure that your insulin is low? Can we make sure that you're not anemic and that your magnesium and selenium and zinc and iodine are all perfect and bring your thyroid function up to a better level mm-hmm. naturally? Yes. But if you are in the tank, if you have full-blown Hashimoto's, if half of your thyroid is gone, if, if it's been eaten away, if it's been removed, if, if it's been radioactive iodine, if you have a partial thyroidectomy, if your T3 is in the toilet, we're not going to bring that up naturally. I always joke. I'm like, I'm not going to heal your gut and magically produce T3. Like, it's not gonna, I'm not going to bring you from a 2 to a 3.5 or above 
by sprinkling fairy dust on your gut. Like it's not going to happen. So in some instances, and I call thyroid medication hormone replacement therapy. I don't even like to use the term medication because we are replacing hormones that are no longer there. If you were type one diabetic and your pancreas no longer produced insulin, would you say, no, doc, I want to go the natural route. Don't give me insulin. No, you would be dead. That's literally insane. You would literally be (laughs) in the grave, like in the grave. So thyroid, could you get away with no thyroid hormone for a while? Yeah, eventually, but eventually you would be dead because every cell in our body needs that. And it would be a long, slow, like debilitating death because every cell in our body needs thyroid hormone. So sometimes we have to replace hormones, thyroid hormone replacement therapy, that are no longer being made. Just like people who take regular hormone replacement Mm -hmm. um, when they have you know, hormone imbalance. And that's something that I'm dealing with as well. Yep. Um, so something you said earlier, um, there's a lot of questions that I have, and I do want to get into the medication route because mm-hmm. people are, they don't understand what they need to know before going to the doctor. Yes. And if they're going to a regular doctor or an endocrinologist, but one thing you said was, um, insulin resistance and how that's very important. And also, I love how you said, I'm not just going to fix your gut and then all of, ma- all of a sudden magically heal because so many people that I have talked to have said, well, heal your gut and then everything will be fine. No, because this has been 10 years of my life at this point. So yeah. magically healing my gut, I'm doing everything I can at this point. So mm-hmm. it's like, when you're doing everything you can, so for those who are listening and you're like, okay, but I'm doing all the, the, the right things, I'm eating the right way, I'm, mm-hmm. I can't do anything else, medication's there. But before we get into the medication, how, what does insulin play in hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's? Yeah. So with if you have a dysregulated thyroid, whether it's just hypothyroidism, which is only about 5%, 95%, like we said, is Hashimoto's, the autoimmune form. If your thyroid is not functioning properly, it's going to start affecting the other hormones below it. Insulin is a hormone. So it's going to start affecting, like you mentioned, the sex hormones, progesterone, estrogen, testosterone. It will start affecting your adrenal glands. So that's cortisol. And it will affect insulin, which is a hormone. And 90, 90% of the time, I see insulin resistance. So it could be in the form of PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I forget whether you have that or not. Do you have P- PCOS? I I haven't been um, diagnosed with that, but I my period is like very irregular. So it's like every couple months, every few months. Okay. So it could be because we're changing the diagnostic criteria for PCOS. Mm-hmm. So irregular cycles low progesterone. You don't even have to have high testosterone anymore to have PCOS, but insulin resistance is a big component. And then even just, you could not have PCOS, but still have insulin resistance and be on that border of type two diabetes because the thyroid gland is regulating your insulin response. So when you're insulin resistant, your cell doors are literally closed off to insulin being secreted by the pancreas in response to the food that you eat. So we want insulin to be secreted by the pancreas because if it's not that's we're back to type 1 diabetes we have to replace insulin but insulin i like to describe it as the jekyll and hyde hormone mm-hmm. we need it for a survival that's another one that your cells need insulin that's what pushes the nutrients into the cell we need insulin for survival but too much of it it literally it becomes the fat storage hormone or is the fat storage hormone so too much insulin it just grabs hold of fat and stores it. It turns your food into fat, stores it. That's the okay. simplistic version. 
Yeah. Of insulin. Yeah. Something that you recommend a lot on your podcast is berberine. And I started taking that with meals and yeah, I'm, you know, doing all the things that, that mm-hmm. you recommend. And I think I've seen, I think I feel a little bit of a difference because, um, I, diabetes also runs in my family. My grandfather yep. died of diabetes complications at a very young age. So, um, I'm, I'm aware of that, but I, yeah, along with eating and food, um, when you, when your body doesn't know how to like, like handle certain foods, you don't know if it's your gut or if it's your Hashimoto's or if it's your thyroid, how do you help patients and clients decipher like, okay, this is just a reaction to the food or this is like, how do you just like go through that process? So test don't guess is the number one. So we have to, we have to break it all down. We have to see where your insulin is, where your thyroid is, where your hormones are, where your nutrient levels are. And then we base a nutrition plan on that. So if someone is insulin resistant or type 2 diabetic, obviously- How do you know if they are? Oh, good question. Test fasting insulin. We want that below a six. Below a six. Test hemoglobin A1C. We want that from a 4.8 to like a 5.1. And these are not going to be on your standard lab value. Like it's not going to fall into the standard lab value range because the standard lab value range is huge. So we use the analogy, I credit Mark Hyman with this one, the side of a barn. So standard lab value ranges are like a side of a barn. If I set you back 50 yards or 50 feet and I give you a ball and I say, throw it and hit the barn, you're going to hit the barn. What if I put a little target on the barn and I say, now hit this little bullseye? You may or may not, but that target is the optimal range. It's very narrow. It's in functional medicine. We know that that's where you're going to feel your best. So that's why your insulin could go up to, I don't know, 18, 20, and you would never be flagged. And it's not going to be red and you're not going to have a little H next to it. But if you're above a six, you are insulin resistant. I don't care if your A1C is a 5.5 and it's not flagged. You're insulin resistant. If your fasting glucose is a 99. What's what's the difference? (laughs) So like if, do you have to ask them like specifically, hey, I don't Mm -hmm. just want my fasting glucose. I want the insulin tested too. Yep. hundred percent. You got to ask for it. That is not going to be in a basic lab panel. Right. You have to ask for it. But you if you say that diabetes runs in your family, they shouldn't have a problem with that, right? They shouldn't have a pro- they shouldn't have a problem with it. But if they, <laughs> if they do, you know, I always say if you request a, a test from your doctor in order to get to the root cause, in order to find out what's going on with your body, and they say no, it's time to get a new doctor, anyways. Yeah. So that's a great way. Asking for testing is a great way to test your doctor. Because if he or she, and, and this is the rule of thumb in the medical community, if they, they were taught in med school that if there is not a pill for it, or if they do not know how to interpret it, do not order it. So they might just avoid it because they don't know what to do when it comes back. Right. And that's why they don't test for reverse T3 or yes. free T3 and all these things. Yes. So now we're exactly. going into the territory of testing and the nitty gritty and medications and stuff. And it's funny because I just got my labs in today. And after I talk to you, I have an appointment with my thyroid hormone doctor that finally I feel like I found a doctor who's on that level. Um, But yeah, why? So you, 
you just kind of explained why doctors don't test mm-hmm. things like T3 and reverse T3. And what what does what does reverse T3 and just T3 play in the role of thyroid and Hashimoto's? So you have to think of T3 is the active thyroid hormone. So you have to think of your body and every cell from your brain to your heart, to your muscles, skin, hair, nails, every cell in your body has a receptor site on it for T3. So we better know your free T3 level so we know how much active thyroid hormone is actually available to be taken up by the cell to give you metabolism, grow your hair and give you energy and improve your mood and help you poop. So we have to have that number. And then reverse T3, you've heard me say this on my podcast, I give the analogy of a bouncer, a bouncer at a club, standing outside the door telling T3 it can't get in. It is the anti-thyroid hormone. It is is built into our bodies as a survival mechanism. If you're in a car accident, if you're injured, if you're in a trauma state, you're in the ER, you're in the ICU, reverse T3 will be high and it should be. Because when you're trying to survive, you don't need to burn fat, grow your hair and have energy. But we don't want reverse T3 high as you're walking around trying to live life. We don't want your body in a survival mode when you're trying to get shit done during the day. So reverse T3 is vital for the whole picture of what your thyroid is doing. And here's the other component. We, we touched on medication a little bit. We can dive more into it. Most people, when they're diagnosed with, if they actually get the diagnosis, like they truly, just like me, okay, yay, I got the diagnosis. Now there's an answer to why I feel like garbage. Here's some T4. Okay, that's great. Now that T4 has to convert to T3. T4 is inactive. T3 is active. The only way we know whether or not you're converting is by testing reverse T3. If you blindly take T4 and then you go back to your doctor and they go, oh, you're not feeling good. Here's more T4. I'll increase your dose of Synthroid. I see this all the time. They increase, 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 increase. I'll have people on these massive doses of T4 and no one has ever checked their reverse T3 and they still have all the hypothyroid symptoms. Well, yeah, they have a conversion problem. The reverse T3 is too high, literally keeping their bodies in a survival state. Right. And that's a lot. That's that's what a lot of hypothyroid patients do have is, is high T3 because they, they can't... Um, convert convert the T3 or the T4 to the T3 which yep. T3 is more of an active like like you said it's it's what keeps you alive it's what keeps your metabolism going um and I do get a lot of DMs it's it's interesting from from mostly girls yeah. who, who are like yeah I'm on Synthroid and I feel like shit and I'm like yep. look I've been there I, and I'm not an expert but like I'm trying to have more experts on my podcast so I can bring the information because it's like I was on Synthroid um, for like, you know, almost 10 years of my life. And then I was like, why the fuck am I on this? Yep. Like, I feel like shit. And then, you know, that's when the whole thing started. And um, you and your podcast have helped me realize that the natural desiccated thyroid route was more for me. And now I'm on that. And you were so nice to send me a little voice memo of like inspiration, like just, you know, be patient. I think patience is something that I don't have at all. So for someone someone who is, you know, feeling like shit and they, they get their labs and they have, you know, their thyroid is all out of whack. Um, 
so what would you recommend? I mean, for someone who is never has never been on thyroid medicine, or maybe they have and now they're not, and they're like, okay, I definitely need it. Being mm-hmm. on Synthroid obviously is not the answer for most people, I think you said. Um, yeah. So what would be your recommendation? Something with T3 in it. So I actually just got this question in my Facebook group and I answered it with a video. So literally right before I came on with you, I made this video and I said, everyone asks me what my favorite medication is. My answer is the one that works for you. (laughs) We have to find out what is going to work for you. I have some patients that are on armor. They feel like shit. We switch them to nature thyroid or NP thyroid. They feel great. I have some people that are on armor and did the nature for thyroid and the NP route and we switch them. I call them biosynth now. I don't call it synthetic because synthetic sounds so icky. Mm-hmm. So the biosynth, that's my new term. The synth or the tyrosynth, the leo, the, the cytomel, the T4 and T3 individualized in separate pills. They're not combined into one pill like natural desiccated thyroid is. Sometimes we have to go that route. I'm T3 only. I don't convert at all. And we talked about you possibly going that route. Mm-hmm. And it, it, sometimes it just takes time and more testing to find out whether someone needs to go the T3 only route. But that's another possibility. It's really individualized in terms of of what you need. And if you want to go over your labs live, we can also do that too. Yeah, that, um, that, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I have them. So something else that you talk a lot about is – not just going based on your labs, but going off of symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so many doctors, I mean, I've been through so many at this point and they, they just say, okay, well, this is in normal range, but you say, um, okay, but if it's in normal range and it's in the lower quadrant, you can Mm -hmm. still feel like shit. So what do you, how do you kind of go based on, okay, we're going to go based on labs. We're going to go based on symptoms. What symptoms scream at you the most that somebody needs T3 or somebody needs something else? Like what your thoughts on that? So, I mean, any of the symptoms, it could be that someone is still gaining weight or they're not losing. It could be that someone still is incredibly tired. So it's kind of that combination of symptoms. And then you have to peel the onion and you go, okay, well, if your thyroid is optimized and you're still not losing weight, it might be that you need a change of medication or more T3 to get that free T3 level up, but it also might be something else. So it might be that you're estrogen dominant. It might be that you are insulin resistant. Those th- it might be that you have low testosterone as a female. And those all those factors are contributing to weight gain. If someone says, well, you know what? I just, I still am so tired. I, I don't have any energy. It might be your thyroid. It might be that you have Epstein-Barr virus like most Hashimoto patients do. And maybe that kicked up into the active state. It could be that your vitamin D is in the tank. That contributes to energy big time. Maybe you're anemic and your ferritin is low. All of those things have to be taken into consideration too with the individualized symptoms. So it could be thyroid. It could be you need a change of medication, a change of dose, or it could be the the other factors as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So- for me, um, in my personal situation, and I, I don't want to take too much time talking about myself, but I think it might help people because it does. Like my situation is kind of weird um, because I have had a history of eating disorders, mm-hmm. and um, now I'm in this like I'm sober, I'm eating clean, I'm taking mm-hmm. medicine, I'm doing all the things, 
it can be very daunting because it's like, okay, well, I'm eating so clean. Why do I feel like shit still? Mm -hmm. So um, personally for me, I have um, a low free T3 and low um, reverse T3, I think. So it says my free T3 is 2.3, but they Mm -hmm. said that's normal. And then (laughs) the TSH is Uh 1.7. And then the reverse T3 is 3.9, which... That's I guess, good. I guess actually. they said that was low, but um, yeah. I wanted to ask you what does what does that mean? Because I've heard you and L. Russ talk yeah. about low T three and euthyroid sick syndrome. Is that how you say it? Right. So it means that like a non sick thyroid, like a not hypothyroid syndrome. But we see we want reverse T three low, so we don't yeah. want free T three low. But we right. do want reverse T3 load because as reverse goes up, that means there's a conversion issue. Now, what medication – let me put put this all in, a, in an entire context because I do believe using like anecdotal situations, case studies, mm-hmm. really helpful for people. So when right. we kind of break it down, your listeners are going to go, oh, yeah, okay, let me get my, let me get my labs out. Oh, yeah, right. okay, I see where, where I fall on the spectrum too. So you definitely have low T3. Your free T3 is too low. Your reverse T3 is fine. I don't care because guess what? You're on T3. Mine's low too. That's always going to push down reverse T3 and that's what we want it to do. In addition, you're keeping, you're doing all the things. You're keeping your insulin low. You're eating right. You're keeping inflammation down. I'm assuming that, you know, you're, you're probably checking your iron and your ferritin stat, you know, all those things and taking the, the iodine and the bag and the D and the zinc and the selenium and all those things that support thyroid function and conversion. So you're converting fine, but what medication and dose are you on? So right now I'm on just 15 milligrams of the armor and then I'm on, um, I was kind of experimenting, if you will. Uh-huh. I was yep. doing, so the lo- the lowest dose of the Citamel is what, five? So five, I would do yep. like, I would cut it in half and I would do 2.5, um, not at the same time as taking my armor because you mm-hmm. say to split dose. So I would take it in the afternoon uh-huh. and I felt like I was starting to feel a little bit better and then that plummeted. <laughs> So now I'm kind of like, okay, do I need an increase in armor? Do I need an increase in the T3? I don't know. What's your free T4? The free T4 is 1.1. Okay, so that's a little bit less than optimal too. So what I would do first is go up in the armor because we know you tolerate it and we know you convert based on your reverse T3. Mm -hmm. So I would go up in the armor. 15 is really, really low. Right. So I would go 15 and 15, 15 in the morning and 15 in the afternoon. And then you can take that five micro. I don't, I don't, you can, you can stay on the T3. I mean, you're going to get a little bit more T3 from the armor, but mm-hmm. I would still, I would take that, that five micrograms. And as long as you tolerate it, you could either put that five in the morning. If, if you're slowest and most sluggish in the morning, you yeah. can put it in the morning with the 15 of armor and then just take the other 15 of armor in the afternoon so you're not trying to cut a teeny tiny pill. Um, right. They're so tiny. And as long as you tolerate it. So sometimes people are just sensitive to T3, sometimes even 2.5 micrograms. They'll right. get tachycardia, they'll get anxiety, they'll get you know heart palpitations, insomnia. So if you're that sensitive, 
Then we take the T3 out and we just go up in the NDT or sometimes even use like a slow release. Most people can tolerate it. It's very few. I mean, it's only really about probably one to 5% of the patient population that's that sensitive to T3. But just be aware of it. Just be in tune with your body. Be aware of it. But for you, I would um, go up. When I was talking to you a, a few months ago, I was only on the T3 and I was having those those symptoms and I was mm-hmm. on the five, I was taking a five milligram at once. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think people's bodies can be very sensitive. And when I started cutting it in half, mm-hmm. then I could sleep. I wasn't having heart palpitations. Right. It's so crazy. But even though I was taking the whole five of the T3 in the morning, it still had that effect on me. So that's something to really consider everybody who's listening everybody's bodies are so different and like can be super sensitive. So Mm -hmm. that's really good to hear. It's good advice, especially since I'm seeing my thyroid doctor after this. There is no one size fits all. Right. There, there is no, um, people will ask me too, like, well, what's a good dose of T3? I got the one that's going to work for you. I mean, honestly, it's the same as my medication answer. There is no one size fits all. So for you with, with that sensitivity, you need the T4 in there. Like you actually need the T4 to kind of balance out that that T3 feeling if you take too much of it. So I think that you'll tolerate the increase in the armor because you have the T4 and T3 together right. and then you're splitting it up. Right. That makes total sense. And I love, I love how I learned that from you, the splitting of the doses, because it makes so much sense. It's mm-hmm. like, and like what you just said, if you're the most sluggish in the morning, then maybe you need more T3 in the morning. Yeah. Um, and that's, I'd like to kind of touch on that because a lot of people DM me and they're like, oh, my symptoms are so horrible. I feel like shit. And I, I recorded a podcast episode last night and I said, it, it just feels like you wake up hungover, but mm-hmm. you're not. Yeah. Like you look in the mirror and your face is swollen, mm-hmm. your throat's swollen, your fingers are swollen. Looks like you got in a fight the night before. Like, but you're but you're sober. It, yeah. it just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. absolutely. This podcast is sponsored by Ayur Prana. I'm excited to tell you about my experience with Ayur Prana because it's an amazing company that offers online Ayurvedic wellness consultations. So. I had my first consultation with my virtual health coach and she was an Ayurvedic practitioner and I was really impressed. Uh, She she really helped me go through my personal issues. We went through my eating patterns, my digestion, my sleep, and all the symptoms and stuff that I'm going through right now. And she was able to really help me figure out, you know, what kind of herbs, what kind of products, what kind of supplements would be really good for the issues that I'm going through. So we also discussed the importance of grounding practices, plus she really explained to me how important it is to support the liver and the natural detoxification of the body. So ultimately, I received a curated health journey complete with personalized herbal recommendations and suggestions to prepare for 
um, my personal healing journey in an Ayurvedic way. So it was really helpful to look at my health holistically. I know that, you know, sometimes going to the doctor really is challenging because uh, doctors aren't always in the Ayurvedic holistic mindset. So I've already booked two more sessions to check on, in on my progress with my Ayurvedic counselor. She was super helpful and really listened to me and my goals. And it was an amazing session. I mean, having 60 minutes or 90 minutes is just a great opportunity to really dig deep into your history and into things that you really need help with. So when you book your first appointment with Ayur Prana, they will match you with a practitioner who specializes in the area of health that you want to work on, and they walk you through every step of the process so you feel supported and empowered to make the changes in your health that matter most to you. Right now, Ayur Prana is offering a 20% discount when you, when you sign up for a health coaching session. So head over to liveayurprana.com and use promo code VIBE20. So you head over to liveayurprana, A-Y-U-R-P-R-A-N-A.com and use the promo code VIBE20 for 20% off and yeah it's really amazing i'm really impressed i've been taking the herbs and supplements that the ayurvedic practitioner recommended to me and i definitely am starting to feel a difference so give it a shot and i hope that you enjoy the rest of this episode well you have to remember that cortisol rises in the morning to wake us up t3 needs cortisol cortisol needs t3 so a lot of times, again, since the thyroid gland is the master, it's going to start affecting our adrenal glands too. So it's going to start throwing off cortisol production. A lot of times people will have too low of a cortisol in the morning, too low mm -hmm. of a cortisol response. So when we, when we put that T3 in the morning or sometimes in, in certain cases, I don't do this a lot because it's hard to get back to sleep, but in some cases I will have a patient if they have really low morning cortisol levels set their alarm for like 4 a.m., take their T3 then, and that way it's working for those next couple hours as they sleep, and it's going to push up cortisol. So the cortisol can be a little bit higher in, in upon actually waking up and starting your day instead of waiting a couple hours, like taking your T3 when you open your eyes and then waiting a few hours for that to kick in yes. and bring your cortisol up. That makes total sense, and I'm so glad that you said that because in this whole experimentation that I do with my body, um, yeah. I actually realized that I'm one of those people. I can take half of a T3 pill, and I can lay back down and go to sleep. So I was doing that. I was like waking up at like six in the morning and taking it, and mm -hmm. and then you know that makes total sense because it takes time for medications to kick in too. So it's kind of like you just have to log how you're feeling through the day, which mm -hmm basically is cortisol because isn't that why why those cortisol tests are morning afternoon night with your with your exactly. saliva exactly yeah, yeah. that makes because sense. there is a pattern to cortisol it should be high in the morning 
it should be low at night to allow us to, to relax and go to bed. So that's why a morning cortisol panel is, it gives us a little smidgen of information of what's happening in the morning, but it does not tell us if you are you know, bottomed out low throughout the day, if you have a reverse curve where you're low in the morning and then you go up at night and that's where you feel like wired and tired right before bed. Like you get a second wind, you can clean the house, but you know you should be sleeping. Yeah. Uh, so it testing cortisol with a four point saliva and cortisol is the only one that I like saliva four point salivary cortisol panel is the best way to test your cortisol pattern. And for people who do have that curve where they feel like they, and they have high cortisol at night, they have that second wind. What do you recommend for clients like that? That's where like phosphatidylserine comes in. That's great for women and for lowering cortisol. If they have low cortisol in the morning and they spike at night, we can use like an adrenal glandular in the morning to get them up and then do things like, you know, meditation, blue light blocking glasses, shut the damn computer and phone off because that is jacking up your cortisol right before bed. We know it. It's studied. It's documented. It's researched. This is not like a new age scam. <laughs> like right. we, we know the blue light is going to jack you up. So doing all the things right before bed, in addition to phosphatidylserine is really beautiful. Chamomile tea, melatonin, CBD, um, a, a really good kava. I'm actually trying, just ordered a new kava, which I'm going to start trying for sleep as well and to kind of wind down at the end of the day. So I all the, to, those things. I used to drink kava a lot in, um, in art school. I went to art school in Fort Lauderdale and there was a lot of kava bars there. And mm -hmm. that's also good. I mean, even like um, yogi tea makes a kava blend. I mean, it's probably not like a high a high amount of kava, but I have tried it. Mm -hmm. I try all the things, magnesium, yep. CBD. Yep. I think my problem is the 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 fact that sorry my cat is driving me crazy he really wants to see you he's he's a fan yeah he's a fan <laughs> i like it um i think my thing is like with my hypothyroidism and my hashimoto symptoms i will sleep so late like i'll i'll wake up at like 11 or 12 some days and i'm like yeah. what the fuck yeah. and then i'm like okay i have to I slowly get into my day. I do my thing, do my workout, do my works. And then at night, it's like I have to – it's like almost like just, yeah, this new wave. And it's I, – I think the term people use for it, it it's, it's got a term. And I forget what it's called, but it's like you want to get your time back at night and you're subconsciously that's what's going on. But it's so hard to fix your circadian rhythm. So like for – if you have any patients who are struggling with going to bed really late and waking up late, how do you change that? Well, first of all, you just got to suck it up and wake up earlier. Yeah. You just have to. Like, you cannot be waking up at, at 11. It's going to suck for a while, but you have to say, I would, I would start incrementally, like, first, you know, set your alarm for 8 a.m. And, and wake up, get out, if you can, into the sun or use one, you can buy one of those sun lamps on Amazon for 30 bucks. If, if you're in a cloudy area like I am and you don't get a lot of sun in the morning, turn that bad boy on, get that blue light into your eyes immediately because that helps adjust your circadian rhythm. So get up in the morning, look at the sun within the first 10 minutes of waking up, 
or look at the blue light, that helps to reset you. Um, actually taking low doses of melatonin through the day helps reset your circadian rhythm. So you could take like a 1.5 or a 3 milligram of melatonin and it's not going to put you to sleep, but you take it incrementally through the day to help kind of reset your circadian rhythm because we use that for jet lag when you're changing time zones. And then you have to do all the things. So we know that between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., is everyone's. I don't care what shift you're on or what you think works best for you. You're a night owl. We know that restorative sleep happens between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., period, for everybody. So if you are pushing past that, you are not getting the, the deep repair and restore and healing that you can get from sleep. So you have to almost start doing all of the things like taking, you know, the GABA and the CBD and the MAG and even progesterone. If you're low on progesterone, that's beautiful at night to help calm you down. Mm -hmm. um, GABA, um, you just all the things to help start bringing you down. I don't care how many things you have to stack. I, my sleep sucks. I, I do not sleep well at all. But really? I will stack anything and everything to get me into that calm down state you know, doing the meditation, doing the deep breathing, shutting off the computer, the TV, the phone, putting it away and, and trying to get into bed by 10 or 1030 would be your key. Your body will eventually adjust. You just have to almost like, like do some mega biohacking for about, I don't know, probably three weeks and then your body's going to adjust. Yeah. And like really go deep. It's, it's interesting because the only time that I feel like I can change my circadian rhythm is like when I'm on vacation or when I went on this yoga retreat to Thailand and it was like, I yeah. had to wake up early and I was like, wow, this is, this is great. I'm like eating breakfast. <laughs> like this is crazy, yeah. you know, cause as someone who is such a late, late night person, I've bartended for years, waitressed for yeah. years. I mean, so I think that's so ingrained in me. And then Maybe we can dovetail into the, the eating stuff because mm -hmm. this kind of goes hand in hand. When I um, went into treatment for my anorexia, this was when I was in high school, so a long mm -hmm. time ago. I remember when I got out, um, I had extreme hunger, obviously. Yeah. I started to binge, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't binge in front of people. I would binge at night because that's when I felt safe. I didn't want anybody seeing me eating. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a mind fuck to go through yeah. it. So, yeah. and I was very young too. So, and then through high school, through college, even after college, I was binging at night between those hours that you just said 10 to 2 AM. Mm -hmm. So I, I wonder how much damage I have done to myself and I'm, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm trying to be more compassionate to myself, but it really is true. I mean, I was binging at the worst times. Yeah. If you're going to binge, maybe don't binge at 10 p.m. or 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. But still, I, I, I wonder how much damage I've done to myself. Um, so I'd love to get into your, your thoughts on that and then the orthorexia and how hard it is to live with hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's. And if you're trying to lose weight or if you're just trying to maintain your weight and mm -hmm. you don't want to eat like a bird because that's how yeah. I feel sometimes. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, well – these are the 10 or 12 foods I can eat and I'm maintaining my weight, which doesn't make sense. I'm not trying to lose weight, but I'm also not trying to gain 20 pounds. So it's right. like, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on all this? 
Once we get you optimized, you'll be able to expand your eating choices for sure. And because I can get away, I, I understand being in that space because I was in that space where I was like, literally, I could look sideways at a brownie and put on five pounds. Like I could look at food and put on weight. And there actually is a study that shows that that is true because it spikes our insulin. So wow. it, I know it's crazy. So yeah, I mean, we want you to optimally, I mean, ultimately get into an optimal state where you can, you know, expand your nutrition, and expand your food choices and live more of a life. But so to kind of unpack everything that you said, Whenever there is no damage that can't be repaired. I mean, real, I see, I mean, you know, okay, like a, a full blown alcoholic that has been an alcoholic for 20 years might have a, you know, might have pounded their liver a little bit, but you're so young. There's no damage, quote unquote, that you could have done it that is irreparable. So even, even starvation, you've already gone through it and you've, you've worked your way out of it and now you're eating and you're eating you know, enough calories, even though your food choices are small, you're eating enough calories throughout the day. Binging at night. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you're going to be, let's say binging on high carbohydrate processed food, high sugar, that is going to affect your insulin and your blood sugar at night. It's going to affect your sleep. Just like drinking alcohol before bed, people think, oh, "Oh, it helps me sleep. No, it doesn't. It wakes you up at 3 a.m. That's what it does. It it disrupts your sleep. We know that. Uh, So, Sometimes, and kind of almost tying back into your question of what do we do about cortisol, sometimes even eating carbohydrates before bed helps mm-hmm. with cortisol. So having like a half a sweet potato, a sweet potato, a banana with peanut butter, that's going to help like get you into that because carbohydrates produce that GABA and produce that state of calm. So that and then stacking the phosphatidylserine and CBD and all that in the mat, sometimes that helps at night too. So it's, there's nothing wrong with eating right before bed, as long as you don't get heartburn and eat a whole shit ton where you're waking up with acid reflux, um, or you're spiking your glucose and your insulin and then your blood sugar is dropping in the middle of the night, waking you up. It's just kind of what you eat. So there's nothing wrong with eating, but, but yeah, like you said, Gab, binging before bed, that's going to affect your sleep and it's going to affect your weight. So we have to kind of almost bring back the, the heavy meal. And listen, I, I am a, a, put me in front of Netflix with a snack decompressor. Like that is my end of day decompression time. I want my Netflix and I want a snack, but my snack is going to be like a keto ice cream. It's going to be Birchbender's um, paleo pancakes with chalk zero syrup on it. It's going to be a handful of dark chocolate. It's going to be something that fits within that that's nourishing to my body. And that's not going to jack my insulin and blood sugar up right before bed. So I'm not a believer in stop eating at 7 p.m. No, I don't care. You could eat right before bed if you want. Just don't eat too much that you get acid reflux and don't eat like a crap ton of carbohydrates where it's going to spike your blood sugar. Have a little bit of carbs and call it a day. Right. I'm really glad that you said that about the eating before bed, like eating a little bit of carbs or mm-hmm. um, my my therapist, she's an eating disorder therapist, and she was like, maybe you need a little bit of protein before bed. So like mm-hmm. I was, I, I was experimenting and just having like a handful of nuts or mm-hmm. um, something with a little bit of carbs. And that really did help. Yeah. Um, and that was when I was going through the, the heart palpitations and that was, it was like, eventually I realized it was because of the T3, but it was also anxiety and it was cortisol. It was all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how you just said um, keto because 
that's so like trendy and so, so you know yeah and that can also kind of go in line with the eating disorder realm because people who have disordered eating they think okay well I have to eat keto or I can't have carbs and personally in, in my life I'm the kind of person that I just don't I don't eat carbs really often I mean the extent of my carb intake will be a sweet potato or rice cakes, or I eat yeah. a lot of vegetables. So that's, that's carbs yep. too, I guess. But yep. um, I'd love to just hear, cause I, I hear a lot of people say, well, if you eat keto and you eat low carb forever, you're fucking up your body. What do you, I, what do you think about that for people oh. like us who have thyroid issues? Right. So First of all, I'm a huge fan of keto and low carb because like I said, a lot of people have that insulin resistance where they have to lower their carbohydrate intake or they're just going to be pumping out that insulin and that's going to interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. That's going to put on weight. That's going to create inflammation. However, so I actually have a course that is called Keto for the Week. Mm-hmm. How to do keto the right way without tanking your, your thyroid production. So Whenever, yes, you're right, Gab. If you do low, low, low carb, 20 grams or less, day after day, month after month, year after year, your T3 is going to go down. We know that. We know that for a fact. But let's just not be obsessive. Let's bring up your carbohydrates on the weekend. Have this sweet potato. Have a gluten-free bun with your burger. Have some butternut squash roasted with olive oil. You know, bring your carbohydrates up a little bit on the weekend so you actually pull your body out of that ketosis or, you know, being a a fat burner versus a sugar burner. You kind of come out of that fat burning state. People will go, I don't want to come out of the fat burning state. It's like, well, just for a day. You know, that's where you have like your enjoyment food. It's not a binge. It's not go out and eat a pizza and ice cream and brownies and donuts. It's just have some more carbohydrates in the good carbohydrate realm on that day. And then you can go back to doing a low carbohydrate diet. And then even there, you don't have to go super low. You can be a fat burner with 50 grams of carbs total or less. You can eat a bunch of, of, of vegetables like you do. You might even, once you're fat adapted and really your body is used to burning fat and it's very efficient and your thyroid is optimized, you can even get away with a little bit higher than that and still stay in a in a state of being a fat burner versus being a sugar burner. Right. For people who are like, okay, I can't lose weight. I feel like no matter what I do, I can't lose weight. I'm not mm-hmm. eating carbs. I'm eating healthy. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend for people like that? Like, is that more of a, okay, let's get you optimized on medication first. It's not about what you're eating or is it about, okay, you need to eat more carbs or you need to eat more protein. Cause some people are not eating enough calories and I'll be, I'll be totally honest. There's days and weeks where I'm not eating enough. And yeah. that's when I start getting pissed because I'm like, look, I don't know, my, my eating disorder comes in and out with waves. And it's yeah. like, there are days where I'm like, I'm not eating enough. I shouldn't be maintaining my weight and I shouldn't be gaining weight because I gain weight very easily as well. And I'm short, so I feel it and I see yeah. it. Yeah. So what do you recommend for people like that who are weight loss resistant, who are maybe not eating enough, but mm-hmm. also probably not optimized on medication? What What's your take on that? Yeah, I always talk about both and, right? So we have to do both and. We have to optimize you with medication, with glandulars, with whatever we're going to use. We have to make sure that you're not estrogen dominant 
low testosterone, that's not going to work for weight loss. If, if you are estrogen dominant and you have low testosterone or one or the other, we have to make sure that your insulin is below a six. So once we do all of that and we check those boxes, then we move into really kind of personalizing that diet. And there is nothing wrong with cycling your calories too, as long as it doesn't extend, like you said, a week. Mm -hmm. So if you have a day where you are listening to your body, you're actually intuitively eating, and it's one of those days, and you have these too, where you're so busy, you know, you might have like a snack and then you're just busting ass all day and you don't eat until 6 p.m. Yes. Yep. And then how much can you actually stuff in your face between 6 p.m. and the time you go to bed? I mean, I'll have a dinner and then I'll have my Netflix snack, but that's still not enough calories. That's okay. The next day, I will make up for it. Or two days after that, I will make up for it. And, and that's just called like diet cycling, cyclical eating, cycling your, your, your calories. And calorie restriction, there's nothing wrong with that if it happens just naturally mm-hmm. because you're not hungry or you're busy and it happens for one day as long as that doesn't continue. So kind of going back to that orthorexia, that's where people are just hyper-focused on every freaking thing that goes into their mouth and they're hyper-focused on their health and they do so many things that it's almost over the top. So you have to kind of give yourself some grace. You know, like you said, give yourself some compassion and don't be obsessive, but also don't beat yourself up if you're like, I didn't get in 1,200 calories today. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Just get them in tomorrow. Right. I think for me and I – I'm I'm assuming some people with eating disorder history would agree that we don't want to eat little. We we don't enjoy not eating a lot, but then mix it in with the low thyroid, low metabolism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I I did onset a lot of these issues to myself, but somebody with all these issues, it's so hard because it's like as someone with autoimmune issues of any kind, you have mm-hmm. to be careful of eating you know, gluten, dairy, wheat, corn, soy, all the things, too much salt, too much sugar, don't eat too much fruit. It's like at the end of the day, what am I eating? (laughs) You know? And that's the issue I feel that I'm trying to talk more about on the podcast is like this, this inter intertwining of, of the autoimmune and Mm -hmm. eating disorders because I've lived both. So, so let's simplify that. Because I think that's a very important topic. I I think way too many, because I have patients that come to me too, and they are just, well, I gave up nightshades, (laughs) and I gave up dairy, and I gave up this, and what the hell do I eat? We're going to expand your diet now because you don't have to do all that. Um, If you're in an autoimmune flare, like meaning all of a sudden, boom, poof, all of these symptoms kind of flare up, and you're incredibly tired and you just put on five pounds, and you know it's your Hashimoto's flaring, then, okay, we can do something like an AIP diet where we eliminate all the things mm-hmm. for a period of time, two, three weeks, because AIP is, is miserable. Miserable. That's the autoimmune protocol diet. Yeah. So that's yeah. where we are literally pulling out all of those things that could cause inflammation, and, and you're really super strict for a little while. And then that calms down that autoimmune flare, and then we can go back to normalized eating. Now, the hard and fast rule of rule is you're not going to eat gluten with an autoimmune. I'm not bending that rule at all. 
That is across the board. And really nobody should be eating gluten. So period. Right. Processed foods that are in a box, you got to be kind of careful with those. Read the ingredients. I mean, I'm going to, tonight for, for dinner, I have the Primal Kitchen um, chicken curry TV dinner out. But Primal Kitchen is a kick-ass brand. It's non-GMO, gluten-free, grain-free. It's paleo, mm-hmm. um, grass-fed meat. So I'm not really concerned about that being in a box. But I'm not going to go buy a healthy choice meal from the grocery store and heat that up. Like that's going to be a bunch of processed chemical garbage. So cutting out the processed foods, like things that are in a box, that would be step two. Soy is a big one. Do I care if you go out for sushi and have some soy sauce? No, I really don't. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you eating tofu and edamame and using soy protein powder. Like that is a hard and fast no. And then we can kind of expand out. Like people go, well, what about dairy? I go, how about you just not eat like Velveeta and get some Kerrygold grass-fed cheddar and have a slice of that. If you want a dollop of sour cream on your tacos, get organic sour cream. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we don't have to get obsessive with all the rules. You really can have a little bit of stuff. Right. But not gluten. Right. <laughs> you yeah. can't have a little bit of gluten. That's like being a little bit pregnant. Um, <laughs> just not, doesn't work. So, yeah, gluten is, is an absolute no. But everything else we can kind of moderate, moderate, mm-hmm. like in moderation. Yeah. And also, I mean, once – somebody's optimized, it's easier, I guess, to tolerate different foods. Because I mean, for example, last night I was eating hummus, which mm-hmm. whenever I buy hummus, I try to make sure there's nothing bad in it, really. I mean, there's so many brands of hummus. And then I got home and I was eating it and I was like, why is this making my tongue feel weird? And I look at it and there's soybean oil in it. And mm. I don't know, I don't know if that's you know, I'm sure I've had soybean oil before and hummus, but I was like, my tongue feels weird. And mm-hmm. now my throat feels weird today. So I obviously threw it away. And yeah. I'm just like, that's that's the kind of shit that goes on in somebody's mind of Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism. It's like, what is it? What's making you react? This, that. It's like, it's a state of fear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's that fine balance though. It's part of it is that you're that in tune with your body to narrow it down to the hummus that you ate. Whereas most people would be like, what's wrong with me? I don't feel good. My throat hurts. Mm -hmm. Oh, I must go to the doctor and get an antibiotic. You know? So it's, it's kind of a balance there, Gab. I, I would give you props for being in tune with your body and recognizing that it was the hummus. Mm-hmm. Or whatever was in the hummus that was reacting. Right. The soybean oil, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have one more question. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but it's about hormones. And it's um, – I know you mentioned progesterone cream earlier. Mm-hmm. And I ha- I do have progesterone cream. And when I got my hormones tested, mm-hmm. I all my hormones were low. So they were all low. Okay. And I'm wondering for people who maybe have irregular periods like me um, – how to and I take the Vitex and I take yeah. the Don Quai yep. and I and I take all the things, but mm-hmm. still haven't gotten a period this month. But it feels like I'm getting it. And it, some mm-hmm. people would say, "Well, it sounds like you have PMDD because it's like I get super crazy and I have these mood swings and no period, but it feels mm-hmm. like I'm getting it, but no bleed." Yep. What do you recommend for folks who are just trying to get their period 
you know, balance. Cause that's also why people can't lose weight or people are severely depressed or feeling fatigued hormones. Yeah. The, the, my favorite product that works pretty much the first month or two. And I've literally gotten, um, emails from patients saying like, literally my PMDD is gone. My periods are not as heavy. Menopausal women will say this took care of my hot flashes. It is FemGuard Plus Balance by Designs for Health. So if you go to my website and you click on this store, you'll see the link to Designs for Health because that is a practitioner-based company. Mm. Side note, never buy your supplements from Amazon. They are counterfeit. Never buy beauty products or supplements from Amazon. They're counterfeit. Um, so if you go to my website, click on the, the store link, there's a, a link to the Designs for Health store. FemGuard Plus Balance, it is amazing at that is and then for you what's that is it a supplement or a cream mm-hmm. yep it's a supplement it is like just the perfect blend it just uh and designs for all is just such a great company too so mm-hmm. i mean even with that that product the femguard they had a period of time with like four months it was out of stock and i was like guys <laughs> this is a really important supplement for my peeps so what's going on they said we got in a, a shipment and it was one ingredient in that mix. And they said, we quality tested and it didn't meet our standards. So wow. we didn't put it out. And I went, oh, well, you just raised a few notches in my eyes because do you know how many supplement companies would have put that out with the less than quality product in it and sold it anyways? And you yeah. guys just lost millions of dollars over four months. millions and you took the hit because a product didn't measure up to your standards. Oh my God. So that's why I love them. But that product is really, really, really good for all things period related, heavy, um, uh, painful, um, irregular, hot flashes, mood, PMDD, the whole thing. And then you, you know, sometimes progesterone creams just aren't absorbed well. So you have to go like oral and, and cream at the same time. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So oral, would you mean like, like they actually sell progesterone like capsules? Uh, prescribed. So you okay. need the, the micronized bioidentical progesterone pill, not okay. progestin, not birth control, not synthetic, but actually like the bioidentical micronized. That's something that I'll ask my hormone and thyroid there doctor today. Because, yes, today. Exactly. Yeah, because, and, and last thing, um, I know that you say yes and like a lot and it's like yeah. you don't have to just do one thing at a time. You can you can try to do a little bit of everything all at once and that's something I'm trying to incorporate. So for people who are feeling overwhelmed mm-hmm. because they could they could feel overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. Gut, yeah. thyroid, hormones. Yeah. What is your words of hope to them? <sighs> Yeah, so work with somebody who knows what they're doing Um, Mm -hmm. so that that way we can tackle everything at once, right? So you want to get – you want to get the thyroid optimized. You want to be taking berberine if you're insulin resistant. You want to check your hormones, your sex hormones like you do. You might need progesterone. You might need testosterone. You might need a testosterone booster for females, which I'm coming out with soon Mm -hmm. uh, because I see a lot of low testosterone. You might need nutrient support. Your iodine might be low. So you want to, you know, test – and then know what you're doing. You don't want, I don't believe in taking 20 million supplements and, and crossing your fingers and wishing on a rainbow that they're going to work. You want to take the targeted therapeutic supplements 
that are going to target a condition. So if I'm using berberine, I better see the insulin go down. If you're using a good berberine, it will. If I'm using progesterone, I better see that progesterone go up. If I'm using a testosterone booster for females, I'm going to see the testosterone go up. I want to see the numbers move. I want to see changes and then combine it with any kind of the hormone replacement therapy slash medication that we have to use. Right. So, you know, can you do all the other things with the meds on your own? Yeah, you can. You can order your own testing from Ulta. You can request the testing from your doctor to test your doctor, but it might come down to actually working with somebody who is a thyroid and hormone expert. Like yourself. And, like myself. I mean, and not just in the functional space. Mm -hmm. So if I can have a, a two-second soapbox, there are so many, and I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but there are so many people calling themselves functional and they are not functional at all. Yes. I will have patients that have dropped thousands on a functional or integrative or naturopathic practitioner, and they come to me with thyroid labs with just the TSH and the free T4 test. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Or they're on T4 only. I'm like, that is not functional. I would like to strip that functional label from this person because they're just using it to get more business. You want to make sure that they are truly functional practicing and you want to make sure that they know the thyroid and the hormones or else they're going to fix your gut and they're going to cross their fingers that your thyroid improves themselves like we talked about earlier. Right. So, you know, if they're a gut expert, they're going to focus on your gut and they're not going to know what the hell to do with your thyroid. Right. So you've got to find an expert. That's really good advice. And um, I, I did go through that. I think I messaged you about how I went to a functional MD mm -hmm. and she didn't prescribe me any medication. And I was like, but this is why I paid $250 to see you because I, yeah. want, I want medication, but I also want the holistic kind of approach as well. Mm -hmm. And when she said she couldn't prescribe me medication, I was so pissed. So yeah. You got to do your research, make sure you're seeing somebody obviously who knows what they're doing. And if you want to get in touch with Dr. Amy, how can everybody find you? Yep. So my website is dramyhorneman.com. On there, you can, if you're interested in learning more about working together, you can book a free discovery call that is with my team. They will go over my packages, my prices, and make sure that we're a good fit. I like people who want to get shit done and who actually want to get better. So if that's you, then we can work together. If you'd like to stay sick, then no, I don't want you as a patient. And then you can listen to my podcast, The Thyroid Fixer, on all podcast platforms. Of course, if you search me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Horniman, I'm there. Facebook, I'm there. I do have a private Facebook group too called Dr. Amy, The Thyroid Fixer, Love Your Mirror because that is the movement that I want to create. I want people to look in the mirror and love what they see and recognize what they see. Not yeah. the per because I hear from so many people, I don't even know yeah. that person looking back at me. And you know what? You should, because that's shit. you. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I feel some days. I'm like, I don't recognize myself. This is not my body. This is not my face. It's like, it's so crazy. And I, I know a lot of people can resonate with that, especially mm -hmm. – Especially in this day and age with um, Instagram and social media and Ugh, all the things. All those things. Yeah, so exactly. I would love to have you back on at some point. Um, everybody go listen to Dr. Amy's podcast. You will be not an expert, but you'll probably know more than your endocrinologist. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> and then you're going to have to get somebody who's better than your endocrinologist. So it's good. It's good. And you'll be more in tune with everything in your body and 
you're just amazing. You're, I feel like you're the thyroid angel. Thank you. Oh, I like that name too. If I wasn't the thyroid fixer, I'd be the thyroid angel. <laughs> you, you have that angelic kind of vibe. Your hair, you wear white. It just how you, you do. So I'll have to have you back on. And I really appreciate all the information and you kind of giving me your, your take on my labs. Really awesome. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Keep me updated on how you're feeling. For sure. She break me, then I fall. I don't know the half of it anymore. Yeah, well, I can give a fuck about you. And she can get whatever she needs. Every time that she looked at me, you know I felt weak in my knee. Wanna try to be fancy, love, you know. I can give a fuck about you. You know that I do my love. Either when you come and close, you always hit on the nose. But never know how you could know. But treat me like a, treat me, treat me like a. 